Welcome back to Never Alone. In this week's episode, we are going to be talking about how to show up for someone after a loss. So this is mainly for a friend or a family member to give a little bit more perspective on what they're going through so that you can be better equipped to support this person in their time of grief. So we're kind of just going to start out with a um, high-level overview and give you a little more perspective on what they are going through in this time of their loss and grief. Yeah, and I think it's we'll never, ever be able to accurately articulate what it feels like for someone who's lost a baby. But I do think that, you know, just in, in saying that there's so many different kinds of loss and they are all crushing, uh, infertility being one of them is the loss of a dream and that's ambiguous loss. And that kind of feels confusing because it's hard to pin down and put in a box today. We're specifically really talking about pregnancy loss and, there's just so many hard things about that. And I think we all know that even if you haven't been through it, you you know know that it must be crushing to lose a baby, but it really does change everything. Mm-hmm. And just wanted to share a couple of quotes that we loved to give context and perspective. The first being that the loss of a baby will change you. You won't be the same. It affects every area of your life. Yeah, that's a good one. Another quote we really resonated with was one of the hardest things a person will ever have to do is say goodbye to a person they created. So hard and kind of similar to the first one, but people often say they could never survive the death of their children. And truthfully, they are right because no one does. A whole different person exists now in their place. As the griever, it's hard to accept that sometimes that you are a different person, but we're hoping that gives context for, you know, someone who's trying to support that if they seem different, it's because they are. Yeah. Yeah. So we just wanted to give maybe a few tips that we have learned personally, but mm-hmm. also we've gathered from a lot of friends, unfortunately, that have gone through loss. So of course this doesn't apply to everybody, but we do want to acknowledge that every loss is unique Mm -hmm. and every griever is unique in Mm -hmm. their own experience. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great point because, you know, some people want to be around people. Some people don't want to be around people. Um, So these are generalizations um, and tips that we think, you know, regardless of overanalyzing your specific friend or family member um, are most likely true. Yeah. Yeah. So the first tip we have would be, it's always better to say something. And this I think is not natural for a lot of people Mm -hmm. because they're afraid that if they bring it up or if they send a text message or leave a voicemail, that it's actually going to make the griever more sad and they will think about it again. Or I think it doesn't come natural because people are scared Mm -hmm. and we would say they are already thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And so it actually is better to always say something. And when we say always say something, it could be something as simple as just, I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't have to be a lengthy text message. It doesn't have to be a long conversation. It's just, it's always better to acknowledge 
the loss than to avoid it. Yeah. I think on that topic of, of kind of like what to say, like you said, I'm so sorry. I'm thinking of you, even just like a heart, you know, if you really have no words, but what's hurtful is when, you know, people who are close to us just kind of continue on. And Mm -hmm. it's like our world has stopped. Yeah. And we know that your world hasn't, but not acknowledging it diminishes our pain. Yeah. So we understand it's uncomfortable, but saying something really is, I think, always better than acting as if it didn't happen. Yeah, totally. And you know, social settings will be really hard after a loss. Um, so maybe that's not the time to bring it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, maybe a more private conversation or even a text message, but social settings is already triggering for a lot of women after mm-hmm. loss. And so that might not be the best time to acknowledge. I completely agree with that. Even though it's coming from a good place, someone coming up to you and being like, how are you doing? You know, when other people are around, I think would be really challenging. Yeah. So definitely best like one-on-one or phone or text. So the second tip would be to give space, but remember to check in. And I think this one's really a challenging line to walk because when you hear that your friend or family member is going through something as devastating as losing a child, you want to reach out right away. And I think from personal experience, there's a lot of course sadness, but just shame unfortunately, and processing of your own emotions that it's hard to even think about acknowledging someone else um, at the time, or just you maybe feel embarrassed or bombarded. But I also think it's like, we aren't okay after a week or a month or, you know, even years in most cases. So Feeling forgotten is, I think, when it, it's like people show up right away in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But it's it's like if you're trying to give someone space, which I think is great, like a couple of days, or if you reach out right away, just know that you might not get a response right away. Yeah. Um, but not circling back and you know just continuing to live your life can be really hurtful. Yeah. And it's easy to do. Obviously we're all caught up in our own lives, but just circling back and saying something at some point, I think is really important. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, I think it goes back to, I think people are scared to bring it back up because they think that it's going to trigger some emotion that Mm -hmm. they weren't having. Yeah. And it could, Mm -hmm. and they probably are still having those emotions. Right. And I actually think I will take credit for feeling that way. Like, I feel like there's been times that you've been going through hard times and you would admit that you're very um, good at holding in those emotions. And so I think sometimes if it seems like you're okay, it doesn't seem like your friends or family need to check on you. Yeah. And it's like, I could have been checking on you more, but you seemed okay. Yeah. You know, or even to what you said, like, I didn't want to make you sad, but I think through this process and, you know, unfortunately experiencing loss ourselves, you realize that 
you already are thinking about it all the time. And, you know, after that first week passes, like you're still thinking about it so much. So hearing from other people who love you is a way that makes you feel cared for. Yeah. And I'm, I'm no expert in this either. Yes, we have experienced a lot of loss, but I don't do this perfectly either with my Mm -hmm, friends. mm -hmm. You know, I'm aware that there's been times where I haven't showed up to friends that I should have and I haven't checked in as much as I should have, Mm -hmm. or I haven't had the hard, awkward conversations that, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I wish people had with me. So Mm -hmm. we're very aware that this is a very challenging and uncomfortable and hard topic and conversation to navigate. Mm -hmm. It's not easy. Yeah. The next topic is it's never a bad idea to do something. So I think this one's tricky because, and I think Madison and I would both agree, like it's so sweet to be sent flowers and sometimes they can be really triggering. I remember with our first loss, a lot of friends sent us flowers. It was also COVID and that actually was like really touching to me. I felt really loved um, in a time that was really isolating. But after a couple of days, I was like, I cannot look at these anymore. But it made me feel loved by my friends. And yeah. I think that's really important. I think that it's just knowing knowing that even if you do something, it's never a bad idea. But just know that it, it isn't necessarily fixing anything or changing the way they feel. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. We would say it's always a good idea to do something, whether that's flowers, a meal, a target run, any kind of act of service is mm-hmm. always a good idea. But just remember that this is your act of service is not speeding up the grieving process mm-hmm. or your act of service is not um, changing their emotions. They are still grieving and they will still have to go through the process it does show a lot of love and support. So that's why we would say it's good to do it. And one thing I was just thinking about kind of a caveat is if you are going to do an act of service, making it as easy for that person grieving as possible. So if it's like a Target run, for example, say like, tell me what I can get you from Target or like, just dropping off a meal, not yeah. being like, Hey, like, what do you want for dinner? Like, right. like this whole conversation that just kind of adds more, I don't know. You're already feeling guilty that someone's doing something for you. Well, and you might not know what you want. Or right. Need. It, that's, I think the biggest thing is like, you really don't know. So yeah. if a meal or flowers or brownies just show up at your door, I think it's like, Oh my gosh, wow. That person was thinking about me. I had a sweet neighbor who dropped off a little like angel canvas And it was just like the sweetest thing. It was just like, she didn't say anything. You know, I didn't have to see her. And it was the most touching thing. I was like, wow, like this person's thinking about me. So um, yeah, I think just like minimal communication around it to not add more to the person's plate. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I would say, you know, after each of our losses, we needed slash wanted different things, Mm -hmm. which is kind of obviously confusing for the supporting (laughs) friend or family Mm -hmm. member. Because like you mentioned, there were several times where I really did appreciate the flowers or I appreciated the meal or the constant check-ins. And then there were other times where 
I did not want to see anybody mm-hmm. and like I did not want another meal mm-hmm. or I remember after one of our losses looking at my husband and saying you have to get the flowers out of our house because I feel like it's a funeral. <laughs> and I know that it is, but I was just tired. I was tired of getting the flowers mm-hmm. and I was tired of getting the meals. <laughs> I know that's so hard. I think it's also when you've had recurrent loss, right? Yeah. Like you've been through it so many times that you're just like enough already. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really hard for someone trying to support you because they really don't know what you need. You don't know what you need. <laughs> you just don't want to be living this yeah. over and over. Yeah. Um, so I do think it's always better to do something and it just, it still shows you care, even if it's hard for the griever. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So the next tip we have would be don't ask the griever insensitive questions. And what we mean by that is a lot of times we are curious about facts or we're curious about certain details about the loss. And we would say these are not bad questions. These Mm -hmm. are not invalid questions. They're actually normal to want to know. You know, Mm -hmm. it's actually normal to want to know how many weeks was that person when they lost their baby or did it happen immediate or did it happen over a certain amount of weeks? What was the procedure like? Did Mm -hmm. they have a procedure? You know, all of these factual questions around loss are normal to wonder. We would just say they are not appropriate to ask the griever who just went through that loss. Mm -hmm. These are more appropriate questions to ask the spouse or the friend because to a griever, it seems insensitive and it seems like you're minimizing the loss by asking the factual questions. Yeah, totally. I think that, like you said, it's, it's human nature. It's normal to want to know, you know, what happened, but, uh, you know, asking the person that went through it, even if you're coming from the most sensitive place possible, is just really hard. And they might not, I mean, they definitely don't want to talk about it. And if they do, I think it's more just saying like, I'm here if you want to talk and letting them share versus asking that question. So to Madison's point, just like asking a friend or a close friend or spouse. Yeah. And I, you know, like the analogy of if somebody had just lost their dad Mm -hmm. by asking them, were you close Mm -hmm. to your dad? That is a natural response because you want to know what the relationship was Mm -hmm. like. But to the person who just lost their dad, if they say, no, we weren't that close, that's not helpful because Mm -hmm. their dad is still not here. Not here. You know, and I would say that's similar to losing a child in that the question is not invalid. Yeah. It's just who you're asking. Right. Exactly. No, I think that's really true um, and a great point. So in addition to kind of how to treat um, someone who's grieving, you know, how to show up for them, one of the intangible things would be giving grace. 
which I think we obviously all know this, but I think extended grace would be the message, really. Um, I think there is grace always given in the first couple weeks of like, you know, I totally wouldn't expect you to show up to things or I know that certain things are going to be hard for you, but you know, if you listen to the episode with Ashlyn around her analogy that the, the, the ball inside the box kind of bounces to the edges and in the beginning, the ball is big. And as time goes on, the box gets bigger. Well, time is different for everyone and there is no timeline for grief. So yes, the person may be able to like return to their normal activities and show up for things, but giving grace for an extended period of time and knowing that they're not going to bounce back in a a month, a few months, a year, that certain things are always going to be hard for them and just being okay with that. Mm -hmm. And, And that's uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, I think it's like we, after a loss of ours, right after someone had had shared with me that a, a mutual friend was pregnant, and it was just like it was, it was, it had been a few months, and I still, I just didn't want to know that it was just very early, right? So something like that, where it's just like knowing that, and my, my reaction was, I was, I got upset, and I think they were caught off guard it's, oh, like that you should be better by now. And I wasn't. So I think it's um, just knowing that there's going to be certain things that are triggering and hard and being okay with that. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I think our world is telling us that there is a timeline for grief. And I know we've touched on this, but there really is no timeline for grief. Mm -hmm. Everybody grieves differently. And it could be years before Mm -hmm. a person who is grieving might look normal, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, normal Mm -hmm. in your eyes, Mm -hmm. but it's just, it's part of the process. Yeah. And, and something that I've talked to with my counselor and grief, um, loss and infertility kind of, uh, unfortunately, a lot of times go hand in hand and, your fertile years and childbearing years, it's a very long season. So it's, it might be a 10 years long of you, maybe you're not having children those t- full 10 years, but people around you are. And even if you're done having children, there is still going to be things that are hard mm-hmm. about your previous losses. So there's just th- this timeline, you know, grief doesn't have a timeline, but there is this season of time that is even hyper focused mm-hmm. around children yeah. and um just makes it even harder. So I think as someone trying to support, even just thinking of it like, okay, like there's this 10-year period of time that is pr- is probably going to be hard for my friend who's experienced infertility and loss. Mm-hmm. Um might be longer than that, but yeah. just I think that's like a good perspective. Yeah, and we've said this in previous episodes that, you know, infertility does not necessarily go away once Mm-mm. you have living children, Mm-mm. nor does it necessarily go away if, you, if you've decided that your family is complete Mm-mm. and you are no longer trying for another child. Like It'll always still be a part of you and a part of your journey because mm-hmm. it's a loss. Mm-hmm. And that's something I will admit I did not even really understand in the beginning of our infertility journey. I always thought like, oh, like you have children – you should be happy kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And it's just so not that. So we're, you know, just trying to give perspective there, but 
What is something you wish your friends or family knew about loss or your pain? (laughs) I think if I just had to pick one thing, I think there's a lot of things, but for them to know that I will never be the same. I will never be the same person. Um, (laughs) I do believe time does help. And I believe that eventually, you know, you do laugh more, you do return to quote unquote normal life Mm-hmm. And I will never be the same person I was. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't get that person back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and I just believe that loss changes you as a mm-hmm. person. And any type of loss changes a person. And they will never be the same. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess just knowing that you know, if you're a friend or a family member that that person might not be the old Mm -hmm. quote unquote friend or family member that they're used to. Yeah. I mean, I think that's exactly what I would say too. Um, you you just look at things differently. You are just, yeah, you are a different person and you look at things differently and I think we all evolve as we go through life. And I think grief and loss just make it more acute. Mm-hmm. Or you can kind of pinpoint that what changed you versus maybe other people change and it's just like a slower change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it, it does change your perspective and mm-hmm. it touches, I would say grief touches every area of mm-hmm. your life. I think that's a really good one (laughs) that grief touches every area because even myself, I think that I was, would think like, okay, like as long as, you know, people aren't asking me about growing our family or talking about pregnancy or, you know, the obvious things that I would be okay, Mm -hmm. but grief shows up in so many other ways, Mm -hmm. small, small, small ways that can just knock the wind out of you Yeah, that you wouldn't even associate with your loss Yeah, for years. Yes. (laughs) And then the other thing I would say uh, that I believe most people would want others to know is that even if they seem fine outwardly, they probably are not inwardly. Mm -hmm. I do believe our world is becoming more accepting of grief in all forms. You know, Mm -hmm. people are getting a little more educated on grief and loss, which is great. Uh, But for most people, it's still a very uncomfortable topic and process. And I think people would rather have friends and family lean in towards the awkwardness Mm -hmm. and the uncomfortable Mm -hmm. rather than pull away but that's tricky. Yeah. And I, I'm circling back to Ashlyn's episode around people wanting their friends and family to be better. Mm-hmm. And so that's where a lot of those comments, like, at least, at least, at least you weren't that far along. At least you know why. At least, you know, you can get pregnant. Um, at least you have more embryos. Those kinds of comments, it's like, 
I'm guilty of it too. I'm someone that wants to fix mm-hmm. and nothing you can say is going, it's tr- putting a positive spin on it actually undermines the situation. And it's because we don't want to see our friends and family hurting. Yeah. So it makes sense. And just sitting in that with them and not trying to fix anything yeah. is really the best thing you can do. Yeah. I mean, I remember after one of our losses, a sweet friend was coming over to drop off some ice cream. I did not know she was doing this. And I'm not sure if she planned on seeing me or not. (laughs) I think she was planning on not seeing me. But for some reason, I was outside and she pulled up and we both just hugged Mm -hmm. (laughs) for a really long time. And it just meant the world to me. Um, And I'm sure she felt awkward. (laughs) It was not comfortable for me either, but she showed up. Yeah. Mm. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's so hard for you and the person that was there for you. But I mean, I think you said it perfectly that sometimes you just want to hug. Yeah. You just want your pain to be acknowledged. Yeah. Yeah. So just sitting in the awkward and acknowledging somebody's pain that they're going through um, is not easy. Mm -mm. And it's not easy for the griever too. Like they don't, a lot of times I think they want to pull away Mm -hmm. and seclude themselves. And, you know, so it's hard for both parties. Yeah. I mean, the the griever doesn't want to feel pitied. Yeah. You know, and I think that's something I've always struggled with of like being open, but also wanting to seem okay so yeah. that people didn't feel sorry for me. Yeah. Nobody wants to be viewed differently or viewed like they have a scar mm-hmm. um, on them, but right. they do. Mm-hmm. They will always have that scar. Yeah. So. So in saying that, I think, you know, we recognize that everyone grieves differently and that there's really no perfect formula, but if we had to give five tips, we would say it is always better to say something than to not say anything at all. And it's okay to give space, but remember to check in. And it is never a bad idea to do an act of service with the caveat that, you know, you might not hear from that person or, you know, the fact that it's just, it's not changing their situation. Um, but it is a way of showing that you care and it's normal to be curious, but not to ask the griever those factual questions that's, you know, meant for if you really need to know a close friend or a family member. Um, and lastly, just giving grace and remembering that there is no timeline for grief. So, Easier said than done. A lot of these, we admit we haven't done it perfectly either. Um, But just from our experience, we're hoping this helps equip you, be a better friend or family member for someone in your life that you love that is walking through a season of loss. So definitely let us know if you are struggling and how to support someone. We'd love to help you navigate that. Um, And even just listening to this episode means that you are a great friend or family member and shows how much you care. So thanks so much for tuning in to Never Alone.